to our boundary study. You and I are on week two. Today, we're going to be diving into God's boundary system. Now, when I knew that I was going to teach on the Ten Commandments, I reached out to my friend Lois Treverberg. Lois Treverberg is the author of Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. And if you've been inside of the Treasure Tribe for any amount of time, you know that I am crazy about Lois. And the reason why she is so dear to my heart is that she has a way of just bringing that context, that historical context to the Bible that just uh, puts the Bible in in 3D and, and in color. And I've just learned so much from her. And, and another reason why I love her is that she treasures the Word of God. She takes uh, the Word of God very seriously. And so anytime I have um, a question or I just want to talk through things, in particular Old Testament, I love reaching out to Lois. And so when we were going to do the Ten Commandments, I reached out to her and I said, Lois, can I have some office hours with you? And she said, what? And I said, you know, I said, you know, when I was in college, my professors would have office hours. And if I had questions, I could come by and uh, at a particular time and talk to them. And so she agreed to. And so she and I sat on the phone for about two hours and I asked her tons of questions um, about something that she loves so much. And that is the Torah, the Old Testament and God's law. And the the truth is, is that the law is a part of God's boundary system, uh, that all of God's principles, laws, and promises rest on a perfect set of boundaries established through His Word. And these boundaries, they hold for us the keys to life. And it reminds me of this scripture in Deuteronomy 32:47. These instructions are not just empty words. They are your life. I look at God's boundary system, his law, his word as life. But there was a time where I wasn't really sure where all the law fit in in my life with grace and, you know, and just how it all came together. And my friendship with with Lois was pivotal in me learning to love the law of God. And the reason is, is because she gave me um, some wonderful context, which I am going uh, to share with you today. You see, um, God's boundaries can become a burden and not a blessing when we don't see them His way. And so how we see God's law um, it is very important. And so, so God's boundary system that's established through His Word, it's very specific for every area of our life. He establishes it for us 
out of protection and love for us. It gives us a safe environment in which to grow in relationship with others and with God. Um, and God does not set these boundaries because he needs protection. Um, he does this because he wants to give you and I these guiding principles um, in his life. Another thing that I see inside of God's boundary system is that it teaches us how to rest in his care. And it absolutely closes the door on codependency because the law, the way that it's set up, it pushes us to depend on God. And so it cultivates God dependency and God's boundaries show us how to thrive in relationship with him and with others. And so it's important that you and I look at these, these boundaries. Um, and we also need to look at the boundaries the right way, because as I was saying, boundaries can become a burden, even when they're given by God and not a blessing when we don't see them his way. And so what I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to be showing you the different uh, ways that God changed my perception and communicating uh, those with you. And, and the first is, if we have a modern view of God's law, it will be a burden to us uh, and not a blessing. And what I mean by that is that when God brought the Torah on Mount Sinai, he was bringing it to the ancient world. And the ancient world, the way that it lived was very archaic. Um, it was very barbaric, um, no disregard uh, for, for women. It was just uh, uh, really um, um, anarchy. And, and the reality is, is that when a king established a nation, the king was the one that created uh, the laws. And normally laws that kings would create would, would be self-serving. I mean, you see that in the book of Daniel that uh, the kings create these laws, um, uh, even creating laws so that people will bow down and worship him. Um, and so, so as God was giving Moses the Torah, it's really a significant event, right? Because here is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he is establishing his kingdom through these uh, laws, through the word. Um, but God's laws were not self-serving like other kings. They were life-giving. They were very different from the other kings and the ancient world at this time. And you and I, uh, uh, right now, we can't see that because we're living in a day and time which has been influenced by the law. The truth about it is, is that the Torah transformed the world. It really did. Lois Treverberg has a friend that lives in Zimbabwe and she runs an orphanage there. And Lois talks with her a lot about uh, the fact that the Torah transformed the world. And, 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 you know, her friend says, you Westerners don't get it. You don't understand uh, that when God brought the law, because um, in Africa, they live more uh, in that ancient place. And so she says, you do not even understand how much the Torah brought love, justice, mercy. 
how it brought things like keeping an eye out for widows and the vulnerable like women. The Torah transformed the world. And inside of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 8, listen to these scriptures. It says, look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations, just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will declaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. For what great nation has a God so near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I'm giving you today? You see, as that God's people applied the law to their life. They became a light to the world. The Torah transformed the ancient world with boundaries that would bring justice, love, and mercy. The second thing that can kind of screw up uh, how we see the law are the man-made rules that people put uh, on top of the raw. Now, man-made rules um, or, or f- are forbidden by God. They, they make the law a burden. And um, we certainly see this in the New Testament, Colossians 2.23. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. But also in the Old Testament, back in that Deuteronomy chapter four, going in verse two, see God says this, do not add or subtract to these commands I'm giving you. Just obey the commands of your Lord, your God, I am giving to you. So God said back in the Old Testament, don't add anything to it because he is the king and the king establishes the, 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 the laws, what you and I, the boundary system, we are not in charge of that. But many times leaders will come and they'll proclaim in the name of God that they have these profound secrets to share with you on how you can live a successful life. And instead of resting in the word of God, they'll add commandments on top of it, which will become a burden instead of a blessing. Ginger Duggart, who who recently wrote a book called Becoming Free Indeed, um, her faith journey is her finding freedom uh, from man-made rules without losing her faith and trust in God. She she grew up uh, with a religious system that looked like Christianity, but a man named Bill Gothard put all these man-made rules on top of it. And because Bill Gothard was held in this high esteem, she assumed that was truth. And here's what she says. 
If you want to be sure your leaders are teaching the truth, keep your Bible open and compare what they are telling you to what the Bible actually says. In another quote, she says this, if a teacher says the Christian life can only be lived successfully with some secret bit of knowledge they have discovered, then that teacher should be avoided at all costs. Many times cult leaders, for example, um, in the Mormon church, they, they might have some of God's laws, but then they add other man-made rules on top of it. And any time you and I are put under these man-made rules, there's oppression. And what Ginger said is that many people will walk away from God completely because the rules that they've been given to follow are man-made. And when they're man-made, they're not for us. They're not life-giving. Now that doesn't mean that God can't give you through the Holy Spirit a personal boundary. He may tell, give you a, guard, a guideline just for you in your quiet time. But the problem is, is when we start pushing that on other people, and the book of Galatians tells us that the reason people do this, the reason leaders will tell you that they have the secrets to, you know, having a great family or whatever it may be, is that they want power. They want you to follow them. And that house of cards will fall. I wonder if anybody listening on the other side grew up with man-made rules and because of that, you don't like looking at the law. Perhaps it is today that like Ginger, you can find freedom too. I want to read you one more uh, quote from her book. In the end, that's all disentanglement is. And by disentanglement, she's talking about getting herself out of man-made rules. It is trusting God and taking the next step in the right direction. As you untangle the lies from the truth, Christ will be there with you, keeping you by his side until he calls you home. The next thing is an old covenant mindset. Now, when I mean an old covenant mindset, I mean a lot of things, but, and I cannot wait to share this with you, uh, because there is a big difference in what happens to the law between the old covenant and the new covenant and inside of our nourish scripture this week. Um, God was giving out an echo. You know, in Treasured Ministries, we talk about how God will speak in an echo. Well, when Moses uh, received the law and had that experience with all that fire coming down, um, God would 
years later, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down, he would use these two experiences and connect them with each other to paint a picture for his people. Now, I want to just, this just blows my mind. And this is why I love the word of God and why you can stand on it with all your might. So it was 50 days since Moses was delivered from Egypt to where he is today on Mount Sinai receiving the law. It was 50 days after Jesus was risen from the dead that the, the, um, that the disciples, uh, the Holy Spirit came down and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was 50 days then. And so do you see, God was trying to speak to his people there's a celebration, um, a Jewish feast uh, called Shavuot. Um, and during Shavuot, Shavuot was one of those celebrations where there was a pilgrimage required. And so the Israelites at the time where they, the Holy Spirit came down, they were coming to the temple to celebrate uh, Shavuot. And it's so cool because there have um, uh, been uh, baptism pools that are, um, you can see now in this place uh, where archaeologists have found these baptism pools. And so, um, and so when uh, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit and then Peter baptizes 3,000 that day. You can see where this timing is so pivotal and the pictures correlate. You know, we have fire coming down on the mountain and now we have fire, tongues of fire coming down um, as, as the disciples began uh, to, to speak in tongues. And so God was, um, was bringing these two events together. And, you know, I just can't imagine being a disciple in that moment, coming to celebrate uh, Shavuot. And because they were traveling from all different places, there would be different languages going on. But you were there with the mindset of we are coming to celebrate the receiving of the law. And Exodus 19 and 20 were read during this ceremony. And so here you are, a disciple. And then this happens. God was speaking to his people. I want to read you something um, that Lois Treverberg says about this uh, that describes this difference that is so critical for us to get about the law of God. On Sinai, God had given his people the covenant of the Torah, meaning law or instruction. On Pentecost, he gave his spirit to seal a new covenant of the forgiveness of sin. Like the Torah, the Spirit reveals God's truth, instructs us, and convicts us of sin. But unlike the Torah, the Spirit empowers us to live in communion with God by changing our hearts within. Something that the law could not do. The law has not changed, but its location has. The what 
has not changed, but the how has. That is what has changed. What an amazing thing to celebrate. Now, there's a few things going on here, which I'm hoping that you're going to get some freedom uh, by listening to this. And the first thing is, um, and and I want you to listen to this scripture from Jeremiah 31, um, uh, 31, 31 through 32. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of Egypt. They broke the covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Hallelujah. I will put my instructions deep within them. I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people and they will not need to teach their neighbors nor will they need to teach their relatives saying you should know the Lord for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already says the Lord and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. The first thing that I want you to see about the freedom of the new covenant mindset is that we no longer use the law to measure our right standing with God all over the New Testament. It tells us that we are not justified by the law. And so God has taken that completely off the table. And so I follow him not to get him to love me more, not to earn another star in my book. That's already taken care of. I know that my God is not only crazy about me, but that all shame has been taken away. Now I look at the law because I want a guy for how I should live and because I want to know what's important to my God. If he's forgiven me and loved me, Lord, I've got nothing but love that I want to do for you. What's important to you? The widows, the women, people, life. And so that's taken off the table so we can serve God, not in fear, but in faith, walking out his law. The other thing about this is that it shifts our reliance away from our grit onto his grace. And so now, not just for my justification, but for my sanctification, God is not only going to write the words on my heart. He is going to empower me. He's going to change my heart from within. And this is not instantaneous. This is one day at a time, one step at a time as we walk with God. And this allows me to walk with the Lord, to pull into his presence to find that transformation there, not in the letter of the law, but in the spirit of the law. 
2 Corinthians 4, 6 says this, He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Not about my grit, but about God's grace. As I walk by faith, one day at a time, one step at a time, no longer am I trying to figure out everything. I'm interested in getting up every day, getting in the Word and saying, okay, God, what's my step for today? And I have watched my God hold my hand and he's taken on me on a journey and he's broken me free from codependency and he's brought me into a life of exciting God dependency. And that happens by approaching the word through the Holy Spirit, not by trying to know it all and by doing it all. The next thing is believing all laws are of equal importance. Now, when you look inside of the Bible, um, when uh, a lawyer comes to Jesus and he says, what's the greatest commandment? And so Jesus answers him to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And there we see a principle that there is priority in God's commandment, that not all laws are are equal. And um, something else that Lois Treverber taught me is that um, it was very common for Jewish people back in biblical times to do what they call weighing laws, which law takes precedence. And because we hear over and over and over again in the word of God that the word is there to give us life, that God's boundary systems give us life, that is why we can prioritize one law over another. That is why Jesus healed on the Sabbath. That is why David uh, went, brought his soldiers in and they ate the show uh, bread that was only supposed to be eaten by the priest because he had to feed his people. Life takes priority. Life takes priority. That is why Corey Ten Boom and her family had no problem disobeying the government officials and why they hid the Jewish people because that law took priority. And even in our 10 commandments, God says, you shall have no other gods before me. And that is why in treasured ministries because abuse inside marriage does not bring life. We say you can put God's first and find life.
The next thing is the Pharisee factor. I tell you, I think I'm a recovering Pharisee. We probably all are in some way. But a Pharisee will take the law and they'll try to push it on people. And you know what? God's, God's boundaries for us are all about self-control. They're all about self-control, not necessarily uh, other control. And if you've had a Pharisee inside of your life, it can be the most annoying thing. And it can make you want to have nothing to do with God's laws. If you've had a Pharisee or an old covenant mindset, or maybe somebody shackled you with man-made rules, or maybe you didn't know, like I didn't know until I talked to Lois that the Torah transformed the world. You can change today and look at the law differently. I want to close today by telling you why I love God's boundary system, why I love the law, why I could never unhitch from anything that he's hidden in my heart. The first reason is love. Inside of the Ten Commandments, we see God's love system. The first three commandments teach us how to love God. The fourth commandment is about the Sabbath rest and resting to receive that love. And then commandments five through 10 are how to give love out. That is so dear to me. And we see this pattern over and over again in scripture, just like when Jesus says the greatest commandment is you love God first and then you love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see the pattern and the flow? And the reason why this is, I'm so passionate about this is because I got this wrong for so many years inside of my codependency. You cannot love others <laughs> until you love God first. That is God's love system. I love the law because it teaches me what's important to God and how to love Him. I love that because I love God. You see, I have fallen head over heels in love with God. And so I'm curious to know what He likes and what's important to Him. My husband, Jim, actually um, cannot stand perfume. If there's any kind of scent, he actually has an allergic reaction to it. And um, gosh, I just didn't like hearing about that when we first started dating because I loved uh, some, some scents, some lavender, some essential oils, but I don't wear it anymore. Why? Because I love him. Another thing that I love is that God tells me unequivocally that I need to love him first. And that gives me freedom to be able to put him first. And in doing so, it eradicates all kind of fear of abuse or setting boundaries when God tells me that I can love him first. The second thing is that the law is my lamp. It tells me how to navigate life. Now, I don't look at the law as, you know, I need to do this checklist to love God, but boy, has it given me a lot of wisdom 
yesterday I was um, at a um, meeting inside of the town where I live in Raleigh where uh, many nonprofits gathered and there was a speaker and the speaker was talking about how biblical principles uh, will help the ministry to prosper. And he just went on and on about how much wisdom there is to us navigating in life. I love that. I love that. I also love what John Eldridge once taught me, that holiness is wholeness. W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S, wholeness. In other words, God gives us his word, his boundary system for life. And maybe you have a picture in your head of a strict somebody that really turns you away from the word, but that's not his purpose. His purpose is to give you life. And the last thing is, is that that word taught me how to build legacy. We come into this world, none of our parents are perfect. None of our lives are perfect. But we can look to God to find a new way to live. And like you read inside of your nurse scripture this week, that when we walk in God's ways, it begins a blessing that we pioneer ourselves when we put God first and pass down for generations to come. Deb, inside of our treasured tribe, I like to call her grandmama bear. And many of you have read her story. We had it in one of our treasured tribe magazines. And Deb had a tough childhood growing up. One of the things that she shared with me as she, we were talking about how to put her story together, she said, the word is everything to me because it taught me how to create blessing, how to be a pioneer. And she said, Eileen, I want everybody to know it's not going to be easy, but you stay in the word. You stay close to the Holy Spirit. And not only will you begin to soar as you find God's boundary system, but so will the generations that come after you. God's boundary system, not just idle words. They are your life.